Welcome back to Monstrosity's Voice, Hearts and Touch Conversations podcast with Kai Asia Fields. And I have another special guest in the building, Dana C. Jones, director, filmmaker, writer, just everything. Amazing. Um, We are here to talk about none other than Gate Chapter 1, 2017. Dana, go ahead and give the people an introduction of who you are. Uh, Like I said, my name is Dana C. Jones, Um, writer, director, filmmaker, uh, journalist, uh, love film, love literature, and uh, obviously love horror. That's why I'm here. Isn't it called like a cinephile? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a cinephile. Yeah. Like Dana's a cinephile. Definitely that. Dana's definitely a cinephile. I'll learn that from Ari Aster. From Ari Aster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, we're here to talk about it 2017 yeah. um, because Kyle Flex Horror Group, Monstrosity's Voice um, podcast, decided that November is going to be Killer Clown Month. I don't know where that came from. I just woke up one day and was like, I want to devote the entire month to, kill, to k- Killer Clowns. So, Good thing, yeah. Though. You've been doing it. It's lit. You've been doing it. And just a little, you know, shameless plug. Go ahead and head over to KF Horror Group on Instagram. I'm doing 30 days of Killer Clowns. So for every day, I'm highlighting a Killer Clown film. And it's lit. And so we're going to talk about it chapter one today. So, um, y'all know it's real when I got paper notes. Paper notes. Paper notes. I, it's not even on the computer. Um, so we have Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Yeah. Um, who, well, we have, let's talk, first let's talk about. The, the movie it so we have it we have um this group of friends the losers club taking place in 1989 in Derry, maine mm-hmm. um which i think is based off of where stephen king was originally from yes and so we have this entity called it and he likes to take the form of pennywise the dancing clown which of course is what you see here mm-hmm. and pennywise the dancing clown um comes every 27 years to come and feast on children and then he'll go back and, and hibernate and that's interesting because I was when I was doing like my research I was thinking about like what is it about like these like mythical demonic creatures and like hibernating for mm-hmm. a long period of time yeah. like Keepers Creepers does it for I think yes. every 23 years and yeah so he does that and so the origin of of it is that it is really like the form of the deadlights and it, it, the whole like origin story yes. from this big ass book yes. that is like a thousand pages is that supposedly he came from like the macro he's like billions of years old like from the macroverse he's like an alien demon entity and his arch nemesis is like some turtle who like regurgitated the universe and the galaxy mm. i don't know what kind of drug stephen king you know was what on. i think there's like backstory to that because uh have you seen all of avatar the last airbender the animated series no i haven't but for me okay not. so there's this for those of you who know an avatar in like i want to say the last season of it um ang gets stuck on this like island but the island is alive and is actually the back of a turtle mm. and the turtle helps Aang go into the avatar state and all this but like the symbolism of turtles and eternal life and all of that is seen in other uh nerdy this is things why is on the show. <laughs> I, didn't, I had no clue so we have the losers club mm-hmm. so we have stanley we have ben we have bill we have beverly we have mike we have richie and we have eddie and so i'm um, looking at my notes 
so what Pennywise does is he haunts and terrorizes these children and he shapeshifts into their fears. For example, um, well, but wait, before we even get into that, let's talk about the beginning scene. The first and, scene. And then chapter and, one. And, and chapter one. Yeah. I remember I went in to see the movie and I was with my friends. I was in college at the time. And you rem- you you read the book, right? You know what happens to Georgie. And, but you see that opening scene and you see Georgie going down with the SS Georgie paper mm-hmm. bow and then, you know, Pennywise right. pops up and it's just like this, oh my God, this is, this is Pennywise. But they got right into it. Right, right, right into, into it. it. Right like, into it. no holds barred. And then, you know, I'm, I had kind of forgotten that it was like 2017 and like mm-hmm. R-rated this is an R-rated film yes. in comparison to the 1990 miniseries right. which was made for TV so there's no holds barred and so whenever Pennywise is you know charming Georgie like hey you know popcorn and all kind of stuff and then he bites his arm off I'm like straight off and you see it like I was like shook so I said okay so this is it set the tone mm-hmm. it definitely set the tone for the movie um before I even get into it let's Take a moment of silence for Andy and Barbara Ruschetti because they did a great job. I want my fantastic job. I really want my little brother and I to make movies together. <laughs> 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 so moving forward to the Foozers Club, um, like I said, so um, each of them have their own um, fears that they deal with, and there's a lot of topics and, and tones in this film. So you have child sexual abuse, you have racism, you have um, chlorophobia, which is the fear of clowns, you have grief and bereavement, you have acceptance, you have um, Munchausen syndrome, which is where parent, uh, the parent or the caregiver, um, falsely, um, per, uh, I guess, persuades the makes child, the makes the sick. kid sick. Um, kind of like what's that, Gypsy Rose, isn't it? Um, Isn't that Gypsy Rose? I, I believe so. Yeah, so they do that in the Munchausen syndrome with that, and then fears of womanhood with Beverly, and there's just so many different things with each of these characters. And so Pennywise comes in and and manifests each of their fears, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, like th- these kids have to deal with Pennywise. They have to deal with um, school bullies. It, what Henry Bowers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry Bowers, who is a fucking he's a little shit. But he's su- he's. He's a good villain that's not Pennywise. Like, he doesn't... I feel like Pennywise doesn't undermine him as also a villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, like, with... I like how they made their fears a part of, like, trauma. Yeah. So it's not like I'm afraid of spiders, but usually what you're afraid of comes from something that was traumatic. Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, I am afraid of you know uh getting sick but there's a reason behind that exactly and when you see why it's yeah. like oh this is deeper than just like yeah. i don't want i don't like germs i feel like within the first film it's really about like acknowledgement of fears especially i want to focus on beverly because one of my favorite scenes in the film was when she um her she comes home after she gets bullied by those stupid girls and she cuts her hair oh no wait she her dad is like, are you still my little girl? Yeah. It's so cringe. And he like sniffs her hair. And that's what makes and her cut it. That's what makes her cut her hair. So she cuts her hair off and it goes in the drain. And then later on, she goes back and then there's blood. And the blood comes up, which also is a representation of her like womanhood mm-hmm. and her, you know, becoming a woman and dealing with just puberty and things of that nature. Which is really and, smart because it's like she cut her hair. Yeah. Like kind of disheveling that traditional sense of womanhood absolutely and then it just shooting back at her yeah it's something that you cannot escape exactly exactly um and then with the uh implied sexual abuse from her father i think it's also really interesting with eddie as well um because um i myself 
open platform. I resonate with Eddie because he is a hypochondriac or his mother has kind of like created him to be this hypochondriac um, or to have health anxiety. And I, you know, resonate with Eddie the most because I deal with that myself but it's i didn't have my mom my mom didn't, <laughs> didn't make you sick, my mom didn't make me sick. You but it's just like that idea of that like germs and then if you have to think about the late 80s like you had like the aids epidemic yeah. and you had so many other things to be uh that were new to be afraid of and especially as a kid and all um, based on misinformation exactly and so it's just like i definitely resonate um with Eddie. So Bill, you know, Georgie's dead. Georgie, um, in the beginning scene, um, Bill sends off his brother to go play outside in the rain, which is not responsible, but whatever it's Davies. And so <laughs> Georgie gets his gets ate up by fucking Pennywise. And up. Bill has a lot of grief um regarding that. Like and remind me, did did Bill like actually see it? See him get ate up? Or no, was I don't just think the, so. I think it was that okay. cat. I and just I, remember seeing the cat. I resonate with his trauma because of like, you know, if you're the older, I'm, I'm the oldest sibling and it's like your parents put all this pressure from you from the moment you have your next sibling. Yeah. Like said, so like I was, I was four and a half when my next brother was born and it's just like, you're the older brother and you have to protect them. And it's just like, yeah, I'm four. Like I, I can't protect myself. Exactly. Like, and so that grief of like feeling like I'm the reason mm -hmm. why this person I was supposed to protect it's, it's gone. It's gone. Like yeah. I, I failed, and how and, and it makes sense that he lived with this for the rest of his life. I feel like life. that's besides Beverly's is and and Mike's. Well, we'll get to Mike in a second. Mm -hmm. I feel like Bill's fear was probably one of the most realistic because especially when it's someone as innocent as a child and you love, you know what I'm saying? Like if mm -hmm. something was to happen to my younger brother, I would, wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. And you feel like, and you can kind of tell that obsession that Bill has because like he created like a mock storm drain. It's like, oh, he, he's in the he's in the sewer. He's here. Mm -hmm. He's here. And he, you know, gets his friends on in, and it's it's just really like the heart of grief can really really affect you and we'll talk about that in, in chapter two <laughs> that next episode but with Mike really it's him dealing with um, the racism that he deals with in the town which is crazy because it's like the late 80s and I'm yeah. like in a, um, yeah. yeah late 80s white mostly white towns yeah. different but still the same as mostly white towns now exactly and so also dealing with grief as well with him uh, survivor's guilt survivor's yes, guilt yes, yes. with him being in the fire and his family dying but he was still alive so also another form of bereavement and and, and, and survivor's guilt for mike which i think is like interesting as him being a black character because yeah. in most stories especially taking place like in this 80s time frame mm -hmm. uh black survivor's guilt is usually based around um uh, violence, inner yeah, city violence absolutely. and this does not take place in the inner city mm -hmm. so and they're also not murdered by guns or gang affiliation or anything like so that survivor's guilt for a black person through um non-stereotypical means is really uh traversive absolutely and also i feel like that plays in part when, once we get to the end of the film of mike not leaving Derry, mm -hmm. of him wanting to travel but him staying there because everyone else at the end of the film left no. left um also, spoiler alert, please watch the movie before you watch oh, this episode. But if you haven't seen the movie, then, like... Yeah, you need to watch it. It's great. Um, but, yeah, and I also thought about, like, in Mike's case, like, what's scarier, Pennywise or the racist people in the town? Like, that's always that duality with mm -hmm. black characters in horror because a lot of times our characteristics are based on the fact that we have to deal with racism in these films. And it's just, like, what's... Like Lovecraft, you know? Like, who's yeah. scarier? Yeah, the yeah. monsters or the fucking police? You know what I mean? I think that... 
how I interpreted that character, I think that, you know, with when you have black characters and, and they're the only black character, mm-hmm. it seems that race is gonna be apparent for their trauma or their fear. Absolutely. But um black people deal with a lot of different fears that's mm-hmm. like anybody could deal with like the loss of your parents. And mm-hmm. I think, especially like from seeing both movies, I think the clown fear was stronger because uh, as opposed to racism because it's like the fear of losing your parents at a young age is that's happened to him already. Yeah. So it's like that and compared to racism which he probably have already dealt with the came to terms with before yeah. his parents died is probably uh, diminished. Yeah. That makes sense. That's interesting. You know what I really wish they would have gone deeper into with Richie is his fear and his chlorophobia or yeah chlorophobia chlorophobia I how you say it fear of clowns <laughs> yes um because it's kind of like oh we're here we're gonna put you in the room with clowns it's mm-hmm. apparent you're afraid of clowns but then obviously of course in the second film they kind of touch a little bit more on that mm-hmm. but um with ben i feel like ben's was more on acceptance yeah, like he was the fat kid yeah he was a fat kid he liked new kids on the block which i love um and he loved beverly which by the way there was a love triangle with ben but like ben beverly it, bill like was it a love triangle? They tried like, to push that. They really tried to push yeah. that because, you know, at the end, after they do the blood oath, mm-hmm. Bill kills Beverly, or before, after. I just know it's right, around right. the blood oath. But when Beverly was in the deadlights, mm-hmm. in order to save her, Ben was like, I'm about to kiss her. And that's yeah. when I was like, that's her true love. Like, <laughs> I'm rooting for Ben, especially in the second movie. Um, but yeah, a little bit more on Pennywise. I thought it was interesting how Pennywise eats kids. And the reason why it's uh, noted in the book and, well, yeah, in the book that he likes to feed on children Mm -hmm. is that because their fears are a little bit more... um, Easier to exploit. Exactly. And also, it's like kids get scared of everything. Everything. And then also, I feel like like, um, Monsters Inc. Yes, and he uses his charm, his clown-like charm, to kind of finesse these kids into, like, trusting him. And there's even, like, scenes in the film where I'm like... Oh, shit. Like the first scene, I was like, "Oh man, I want popcorn and candy." Yeah, if you're a kid, and like then, that's yeah. Stuff he that lets you want. his, you know, and Georgie lets his guard down for like a few seconds, and then that's when Pennywise swoops in and manipulates him into eating him. And I think it's interesting that Pennywise eats for, you know, eats and then goes to sleep for 27 years. That's one hell of an itist. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that like, it and it, and it makes sense how um, that that duality of like who is afraid more between like kids and and, and adults because mm-hmm. i would argue that adults are actually more afraid than kids because it's just like kids are afraid of everything that they can see yeah but if they can't see it then it doesn't exist in, in their minds yeah but adults are afraid of things that you cannot they're not tangible you can't touch and i think that is maybe why he hibernates for so long is to see what the, and also the fears are new so like if you're you know, eating kids from the 80s, their fears are going to be based on different things than if you're going to be feeding on kids in 2019. Exactly. And I think that is why they feed on kids because the fears are new. Yeah. And not so developed. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the fear of the unknown, which yeah. is the strongest kind of fear. I also heard that he, in the book, that he manipulates or like has like some t- sort of trans on the parents because there mm. are no parental the only parental Facts. there are no there's no parental like the, the only, only parent we really see is beverly's yeah that we see beverly's dad but he's so, so focused on beverly mm. we see bill's dad um and that one scene where he's like georgie's dead and that scene really just broke me because it's like this is a child you know right. what i mean and then we also have i feel like we get more from eddie's, mom, eddie's mom yeah because she plays a part in like you know his mom, 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 child's syndrome um but yeah there there are no like parental 
um, figures. In, in, yeah, instances in this like movie. Like Eddie. I'm sick of her. But yeah, so we yeah because he like kind of I I don't know if it was like a form of hypnosis of some sort, but like he definitely is finessing his parents too because mm-hmm. he's like kids are easy, and then also in the book he um it's I think it was called like salting the meat. For children, he he compared like mm-hmm. their fears to like salting the meat yeah. and making um, like I, I guess like it was more enticing the more scared that they were, and that's how yeah. at the end whenever they're like, oh, you, you ain't real, like this yeah. is this is all you know, this is all fear based. That's how they were able to, able to overcome Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so what I just wanted to ask you, Dana, like yeah. what is what was a childhood fear that you had? Childhood fear. Um. I would say, I would say the dark because, like, so in my, I wasn't like afraid of the dark in the sense that if the lights turned off, I would freak out. Mm-hmm. But in my room, when I was a kid, I had a lot of um, standing uh, figures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I had like a coat rack and like figurines, yeah. and you know, as a messy kid, I would just hang stuff on anything that would hang. And so, I remember like I had a, I was in a twin bed, and my brother was on the other side of the room and the blinds were never fully open and they were never fully closed so like a little bit of light came in mm-hmm. and just seeing an actual figure of something there freaked me out and whatever that whatever i thought that figure was making like i would have a dream about it instantly really so if it's like if this looked like you know i say like predator or whatever mm-hmm. i'd have a dream of a predator like figure mm-hmm. that very so like right when i close my eyes and it was kind of like traumatic because it was like for me, if I have a, like an actual nightmare where I'm scared, uh, and I wake up, I'm still exhausted, and if I fall asleep, I go right back inside. Into that, right wow, back. Oh, that's interesting. But if it's a good dream and I wake up, I'm up. I'm up. I'm yeah. Up. And if I if I ha- happen to fall asleep, I don't have it again. That is but if it's a nightmare, nightmare, like I'm exhausted because I'm scared in my dream, I go right to sleep, right back in the dream, like instantly. That is instantly. really interesting. That's interesting you say that because. As we had a conversation earlier, I still am afraid of the dark. I've turned five years old. As a child, because I'm a kid, and <laughs> I was afraid of the dark as a kid. I'm team nightlight. I'm team. Well, now it's not a nightlight. I have like lights. String lights. String lights. You know, make it real. Groovy. So would you say it's like? A, are you? Would you say you're afraid of the dark or afraid of not knowing? It's not like if you like, were like in a big ocean, would you still be afraid because you don't? Because it's like that. It's unknown the unknown. Thing? It's okay. it's not like oh, a monster is in the dark and it's gonna yeah. get me. It's like I don't know what's in here. Mm. You know, yeah. and, and it's just like, that is that fear that I have. And it's just like, fuck I like control. Control. Nah. <laughs> this is not a <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, so I, I don't know. I just wanted to ask Dana um, what his fear was. But I think it's interesting. Um, one of my favorite kills in the movie was when Henry Bowers finally overtakes his father. Because granted, Beverly is not the only one that has to deal with the form of child abuse henry bowers dad was a dick like he was a he was a bully and so it, it, it's like that that trope of like the bully always has a bully at home right and so henry bowers was this notorious bully but his dad was the one who was causing and planting these seeds of bullying in him mm-hmm. um like that one scene where he like shot at his feet like that yeah. was extremely uncomfortable for me to watch and you can see the fear and the sadness that henry bowers like you know encompassed and so 
he took that out on all of the losers club and everyone at school but it, for me i was actually kind of rooting for henry <laughs> wow i was rooting for him when he killed his dad like he and that was an intense yeah. scene like he came in and of course it was pennywise's influence because he was mm -hmm. on the tv screen like kill him you know and he like stuck the knife in but that was honestly what do you think of like Pennywise's relationship with Henry Bauer is different than the rest of the kids. Absolutely. Because he could have easily, because he was scared too, he could have easily feasted on him too. Absolutely. So what do you think about Henry that made Pennywise not eat him? He's a tool. Okay. He's a tool. Because he he knew that he, there would be, Henry Bowers played a part in the fear. Okay. The, especially with Ben. Henry Bowers yeah, yeah, was a big then. part of Ben's fear, especially like when he carved his that's name the first into his. That the second movie? That's the first movie. Okay. When he carved his name, yeah. you know, and, and all that, and I was watching some behind the scenes footage of that whole scene and how um, the actor who played Ben got really emotional during that mm -hmm. scene. Um, but yeah, Ben plays a big part in in Mike and Ben's fears mm -hmm. um, because of course Henry's also racist as well. So I feel like Pennywise saw that and took that as an opportunity to be manipulative. Um, to like salt them more. To exactly. So yeah, that's really, really, really interesting. Um, so another scene that really got to me um, regarding fears was, or another character that I really, really like that I feel like we don't really talk about much is Stanley. Um, and I'm talking about the scene, of course, because his fear was that painting lady with the flute in his, in, was yes. it the synagogue? Yes. yes. The synagogue, there's a painting of a lady, a very abstract painting, and she comes to life and she haunts um, Stanley. Stanley. And so there's a scene whenever Beverly gets kidnapped from Pennywise mm -hmm. and she's in the deadlight. She looks into the deadlight. She's underneath in the sewers and um, they go back the losers club after they split they go back to go find Beverly and yeah. save her and there's a scene where Stanley is um, getting his face like munched on by a fucking mm -hmm. lady yeah. and afterwards I mean like granted don't get me wrong there's a lot of scenes where Eddie and Richie and all of them are encountering their fears but right. I feel like Stanley was probably one of the most sensitive and vulnerable ones Definitely. out of because the losers club exactly but I feel like he was one of the most sensitive ones because if you see whenever he was released from the lady he was like I don't fuck with y'all like y'all really let me hear y'all left me to die like yeah and that sticks so keep that in mind for the next show but like he did not but i think that fear of that painting is also like a common one that i feel like we don't talk about and have a name for mm -hmm. because it's like i see the idea of like paintings kind of holding i guess like energy absolutely uh, we see like for um that one episode of feel after zach and cody when like that painting of that woman is like like they're looking at it and she moves yeah like that or like even like your hey part of the paintings are alive mm -hmm. um or have you seen um uh chainsaw or buzzsaw with uh uh what's the dude that's in um he played um wow blanking he anyway it's a it's a movie on netflix and it's like this artist he paints with blood of dead people and mm -hmm. the paintings are alive and i feel like that is a common thing where people feel like energy and emotion toward paintings and I think that like fear things come to like her eyes are moving yeah know? yeah too. so yeah absolutely but my well scene that sticks out for me is like and it's very small so it's like all the losers club they're trying to find Beverly and they're in the house or whatever and Pennywise comes he's in a like a fridge or something yeah and, and he opens. pop locks out let's pop lock it Bill Skarsgård killed it Bill Skarsgård killed it killed it first of all 
he looks scary without makeup. Yes. But like that little dance thing that he, was he pop did, he can really dance because that's not the first dancing sequence that he had. Whenever he like, kidnapped Beverly and had her in the sewers, he was doing his little. Like, <laughs> I wanna like I. He he killed it. Like his and he looked like he had a lot of fun. Yeah. Doing it, and it's and I think I want to say that I, they actually like kept them apart. Um, yeah, I remember until, when he first did the makeup and got in full um, Pennywise up, they kept him and the kids separate so that when they saw him for the first time, they could get their initial actual reactions of like, you know, this is a real. And the drool climate. was real, guys. All of the drool in the Disgusting. movie. Because he was Disgusting. drooling a lot. And it's crazy, like, whenever he was like about to eat a kid, when his eyes would, would, would go. And he, get, oh, and he, and and he, he did would that. like, he did everything. Like he did, it's just like that actress who did the exorcism of Emily Rose. Like most of her stunts were real. Yeah. Bill Skarsgård underappreciated, yeah. underrated. His eyes would as soon as his eye would do this and he would drool. But he did somebody it on, on a late night show. Yes. Because they had asked him about it. He's like, yeah, I could do that. And then they was like, do it. And he was all and like, he was and drooling. He did it. Yeah. Like on a dime. Like what we were talking about earlier about the scene with the the doors, the door scene with Richie oh, like and scary, Eddie. Scary, 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 scary. And he's like pop locking and like he's over Eddie and drooling over. I think that's mm -hmm. interesting too because you know uh, Eddie hates germs. Yeah. So Eddie's like, but I was and looking like at even the, that like the little anecdotes of their fears. Exactly. Like, you know, you like know? he drools anyway, but he uses it specifically for Eddie. Exactly. To, like, Eddie's like. And you can see the... I was looking at some of the behind-the-scenes footage, and the actor is just like, he's really drooling <laughs> on me. <laughs> this so grown funny. man drool off This me. grown man is drooling on me. So, I want to talk about some of my favorite scenes. Um, not necessarily kills, because there's not a lot of kills in this movie, not as much as the second one. I, I, and I think that is... I feel like once the kill is done, too, that takes away the fact it's over. It's kind of yeah. like a shot. Yeah. Like, the idea of getting it, when you're a kid, anyway, unless you're still scared of needles, not judging, but, like, the idea of getting a shot is scarier than when the it actual actually shot. happens. Exactly. And I think that was made the movie scary as a whole. So, we talked about the pop black scene. Yes. We talked about the blood explosion uh -huh. with um, Beverly, and it's interesting because her dad could not see the blood, but her friends could. Mm -hmm. We talked about Henry killing his dad, but we did not talk about... Um, the you'll float two scene with Georgie whenever Bill um, kind of has that, whenever Bill's moment to be scared and he mm -hmm. runs downstairs oh, his and he like, hears Georgie and it's like you'll okay. float two you'll float two and that it's is intense. like this this movie is really smart because like Pennywise even though this is like Pennywise is inducing that fear yeah that is PTSD absolutely like that's just PTSD manifested in a horrific way yeah um, and I think that's really smart because it's like you know people like I have PTSD and it's just like it comes in places where it's like unless you kind of figure it out you don't even know absolutely and you know especially like like you know I know a lot of like you know war veterans and stuff and it's just like little things really trigger, trigger you them. yeah and it comes in in, in regular everyday things to everybody else mm -hmm. and I think them pulling that out in that way and it's not like you know overt that is PTSD mm -hmm. is really really smart yeah that that scene really got me I just I also next to Stanley I feel like ben, Bill was probably one of the other most vulnerable characters because he really just wanted to get his brother back and mm -hmm. it, was, it just really sucked that everything had happened um to his brother but moving on to Eddie another scene that I really really liked was him standing up to his mom like these are placebos mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like bitch you've been lying to me this whole yeah. time I'm sitting here thinking I'm sick and I'm not and like the like, betrayal like, yeah, you can see Eddie is pissed. Like, he's pissed. And then, of course, we'll talk about it in the next episode about that manifesting. But, yeah, like, that 
please don't make your kids feel like they're sick when they're not. Like Munchausen syndrome is real. Look up Gypsy Rose. Um, I would even like to see um, the backstory, but from from the mom. Like, yeah, why, why is she, is she like that, that way? You know, or even with um, with um, Beverly's dad. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not really interested in his backstory because trash. But super <laughs> trash. Super trash. And Beverly was a badass. And those girls that bullied her and poured the trash on her. And did you notice, I feel like the um, whole notion of over-sexualizing Beverly was prevalent throughout the entire film because whenever that scene where they have went to go to the pharmacy and mm-hmm. that's when they first met the losers, like I first met Beverly, I think, mm-hmm. and she was trying to like finesse and like seduce the yeah. pharmacist. Uh-huh. And she's like, you look like Clark Kent. And he's like, well, you look like Loris Lane. Like, I got really uncomfortable mm-hmm. looking at that too. Like, this is a child. Yeah. And it's like, it's... It, it, it kind of it like I said the movie is so smart because it like shows how like um, in Beverly's case her promiscuity is a defense mechanism absolutely kind of like if since she's being sexually abused by her dad she probably as a kid sees all men as like this is this what a predator to do. exactly so if I don't want this to hurt as much I need to I need to de- defend myself absolutely. in some kind of way even though my defense is still going to bring on the aggression yeah. further which is like. That plays a part, especially at the end, whenever her dad pops up into Pennywise and they're doing that final ending, mm-hmm. like battle scene, and she like kicks his ass, and yeah, that's that's intense. Another favorite scene of mine, I think the last scene was whenever Pennywise is like crawling into the hole, and you look at him in his eyes, and mm-hmm. he's like, that's when they're like, you're not real, you're yeah, you know, yeah, and they yeah, kill yeah. him, and he's like, fear, and he just dies, and I'm like, <gasps> and it's like that little. It's like opposite Pandora's box. Absolutely. Because it's like, come on, references. We got here. Come on, references. But like, you know, Pandora's box, all that bad stuff comes out. But it's like, can we cuss on here? Yeah. All that bad shit comes out. (laughs) I didn't remember if I was cussing or not. But all that bad shit comes out. And then it's like that little bit of hope comes out. That's like opposite Pennywise. Absolutely. And it's just like, even just saying, like, reminding you that, like, fear is the thing that because you're a kid, you have not really overcome. Mm -hmm. uh, It stays with them 27 years later. Yeah. And which I really came up for the next episode because it's like that build up. Yeah. Is now I kind of understand why that one's your favorite. So Dana and I have this thing. I am Team It Chapter One. Um, but it don't get me wrong, It Chapter Two is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I just prefer It Chapter One. Um, but with that being said, um, they do after they defeat Pennywise, they do a blood oath, which is also very which is interesting because like, they're literally ew. Yeah, I'm, it's nasty. No, I'm not. And you know in the book they had an orgy, but they ain't gonna never be in the movies because... Because it's an orgy. It's an orgy with children. Stephen King, <laughs> what were you thinking, bro? It was like, it. I mean, excuses for it, but it's just like you you create in the time that you're in and whatever accessible and permittable will be. Exactly. And then it's just like, when you look back, it's like, mm-hmm, mm, that. Especially in 2020. 2020 is a year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 2020 is a checkup year. I would love to see like in the next 20 years, like yeah. What, what is considered taboo and what's not you know this is completely off topic but i was watching rush hour the other day you know that the first one they had a marathon you know they have a disclaimer on rush hour now that says um the topic and subject matter of this film could be offensive to some people because of both representations in the film of like chinese and black people oh yeah they have that disclaimer on all of rush hour now but that's completely off topic but yeah yeah well guys um that was our quick synopsis episode on facing your fears and it chapter one 2017 yes. dana thank you so much oh anytime for coming and anytime. dana will be on episode two 
<laughs> um, y'all make sure y'all follow Monstrosity's Voice Podcast on MVHU Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow follow KaiFX Horror Group on Instagram at KF Horror Group. Also go to KaiFXHorror.com for all things black horror. If you want to get some merch, go ahead. Also, if you want to donate and make sure that this content stays alive, I will um have the donation link in the subscription description box below subscription description box below um thank y'all so much for supporting this content supporting black horror always remember to support black horror and stay spooky peace